We are on. We are on. Thank you. Thank you once again for the uh, privilege it is and the pleasure it is to open the Word of God to you this Lord's Day. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, just one verse today, and we won't even stay that long in that verse. Uh, But Luke chapter 12, verse 1. In the meantime, when there were gathered together an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch as they trode upon one upon another, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just ask now you might open up the word of God to us. Teach us, we pray. Instruct us. And bless us, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. And I will just... advancing age that ah yes I do have the right book and the right verse how good okay the first thing I want you to notice here is the people that are around when Jesus says this because if you look back at say um, chapter 11 Uh, chapter 11 verse 1 it appears there's just the disciples there and it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he sees one of his disciples says to him you go forward in verse 29 of the same chapter it says and when the people were gathered thick together he began to say Yet when you go over to chapter 12, it says, In the meantime, when they were gathered together, an innumerable multitude of people, insomuch as they trod one upon another. These, there is a lot of people gathering together. It would seem that, that there was a small group, and then more people came, and now lots of people have come. There is a huge number of people around. How many people can you speak to at one hit without a microphone? You ever wondered? Orators in ancient times were well skilled at speaking without enhancement. Also, they were smart enough to choose areas that had good acoustics. I have been in in concert halls and in in places where there was no artificial um, amplification of voices but still several thousand people could hear someone speak. It's a matter of good acoustics, good design and good good preparation of the speaker. So it's possible that we were dealing in the thousands here. And what does he say to them? He begins to say to them, to the disciples, first of all, now that's interesting too. He first of all speaks to the disciples and by extension to the people. But initially this is to the disciples. And he says to the disciples, first of all, so who's he talking to now? Well, he's talking to us. 
If it was a message for the world out there, it would be addressed to the people. But this is something that he's saying to us, to Christians, to people who call on his name and who are his chosen people. He says to us, first of all, Beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Well, first of all, what is leaven? Leaven is yeast. Yeast is a plant. Did you know that yeast is a plant? It's a one-celled plant. But it's an unusual plant. You look out there, we've got a plant. They're up against the window. What colour is it? It's green. You think plants, you think green. That's because plants have this wonderful stuff called chlorophyll in them that lets a plant act as as a gigantic or miniature solar cell. It takes in light and it converts chemicals to food. It's a brilliant idea. It's a mag- and we still can't make anything remotely close as efficient and as well designed as a leaf. Leaves are just factories converting sunlight to food. But a- yeast isn't like that because yeast isn't green. Yeast has no chlorophyll. Yeast does not make anything except more yeast. It decomposes things. It breaks down complex things to simple things. In fact, it is referred to like moulds and fungus as a decomposer. Fermentation, the use of yeast is nothing else but controlled rotting. Okay? Now, that's that's understand yeast. Now, yeast is a useful item. You know, you make bread with yeast. You make other things with yeast. You make Vegemite out of yeast. So, yeast has a lot of uses. Fungus do important... Penicillin's a fungus. You know, So there's a lot of useful things from from funguses and yeast, but we need to understand that primarily what does yeast do? It rots. It decomposes things down. And we have harnessed that decomposition. So, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, where would these people have seen leaven at work? Well, there was two places they would have seen leaven at work. One of of them is the fermentation of wine. Quite common in the ancient world. The other was the production of bread. And I would suggest, turn over, if you would, to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. For our Saviour mentions this stuff again. Luke chapter 13 verse 20 he says, And again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. 
Now, the most famous mention of leaven is, in fact, its non-use. Okay? The most famous and the most pointed use of leaven is not when it's used, but when it's not used. And that is in Genesis chapter 12. So, turn back to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 14. Sorry, Genesis chapter 12. Exodus, Exodus 12. Genesis 12. Ah, Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, starting at verse 14. Exodus 12, 14, And this day shall be unto you a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. Seven days shall ye eat unleavened bread. Even the first day ye shall put away leaven out of your houses, for whosoever eateth leavened bread from the first day unto the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. And in the first day there shall be an holy convocation, and in the seventh day shall be an holy convocation unto you. No manner of work shall be done in them, save only that which every man must eat, that only may be done unto you. And ye shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in this selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt, Therefore ye shall observe this day in your generations an an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at even ye shall eat unleavened bread until the one and twentieth day of the month at even. You know, he's making a real point here, isn't he? He, He's not just sort of skipping over it. It's about the third time he has said, you will eat unleavened bread for seven days. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. For whosoever eateth of that which is leavened, even that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he be a stranger or born in the land. And again, verse 20, Ye shall eat nothing leavened in all your habitations. Ye shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin and none of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians when he seeth the blood on the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to, your, to smite you. Ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance unto thee and thy sons forever. Then he gives instructions for the, the, uh, the, the procedure of Passover, where there's to be questions asked. You know, what means this service? And you shall say it is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. Do you realise that this is the oldest continually observed religious ceremony in the world. Realise that? For three and a half thousand years, 
The Jews have been observing Passover. Every year, every year, they have gone through this ritual, this ceremony, to remind them of the day that God took them out of Egypt for three and a half thousand years. That's a long time to be remembering the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the central point is that there is no leaven in the household. Now they they even even make a little game for it, game with it for the kids in in an Orthodox Jewish household. What they'll do is the kids will come out and they'll help mum clean the house and there's a bit of a spring clean done and all the leaven is taken out. Everything that's, that's got that in it is all removed. And then they'll leave a couple of tiny crumbs somewhere. And at the evening, the dad will come and he'll light a candle. And he'll go searching to make sure there's no leaven in the house. And his job is to try and find these little crumbs that his kids have left for him, like a treasure hunt. So there's a game for it, even with the children, to teach them that this is significant. Right down to the little kids. Understand, this is important. This is really important. And in fact, if you look further over to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 2, verse 12. Sorry, verse 11. Leviticus chapter 2, verse 11. It says, No meat offering which ye shall bring unto the Lord shall be made with leaven. For ye shall burn no leaven nor any honey in any offering made by fire unto the Lord. This is also significant. No offering made by fire was to contain leaven. Now there were offerings not made by fire that did contain leaven. If we get a chance we will get to them. But the important thing here is that offerings made by fire are not to contain leaven. Why is that? The reason as we will come to it is that that offerings made by fire were symbols of Christ. And so it was important that this not contain leaven. So, let us go back then to where we were looking. When Jesus says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees. The people immediately had in their mind a principle, leaven equals bad. Right? In Jewish symbology, leaven equals bad. Now that doesn't mean they never ate leavened bread. Now because during the rest of the year, they made beautiful bread with leaven and let it rise and got fluffy and made wine with yeast in it and, and the, it was used. But during the feast of the Passover, this stress was made that symbolically 
leaven equals bad. And what does Jesus say? He says, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So there's a connection. Leaven, something wrong. Now, how many times does God have to say something to make it true? How many times does God have to say something to make it true? Once. I want you to look something here. Here he says, Beware ye the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. In Matthew, chapter 16, verse 6. Matthew, chapter 16, verse 6. He says, Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 11 of chapter 16, he says, How is it that you do not understand that I spake it not to you concerning bread, but that ye should beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then understood they how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Ah, so there's leaven of the Pharisees and there's a leaven of the Sadducees. We'll come to those guys in a moment. But if you look forward then to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Verse 15. He charged them saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Herod. We have the leaven of the Pharisees, the leaven of the Sadducees, and the leaven of Herod. Well, what was the leaven of the the Pharisees? We know what that is because he says very clearly here, back in, in, in Luke chapter 12, beware the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. It is to believe one thing and to do another. Or more importantly, that your deeds don't match your beliefs. It is to say one thing and do another. It is to preach one thing and do another. It is to act not according to the truth. And that has been dealt with in a previous message. If you go back in those ones back there, you'll you'll find I deal with that at some length. What about the Sadducees? The leaven of the Sadducees. Look forward in Luke to Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20, verse 27. Luke chapter 20, verse 27. Then came to him certain of the Sadducees which deny that there is any resurrection. And they asked him, okay, what is the leaven of the Sadducees? unbelief that's the leaven of the Sadducees unbelief it is saying no there is no spiritual power no there is no power beyond what we can touch see heal or feel or or see it is to deny the power of God in fact Jesus says of these Sadducees further down greatly do you err neither knowing the scriptures nor the power of God 
A denial of the power of God is the leaven, the evil of the Sadducees. To deny the power of God means that we preach a powerless gospel. It means we preach a message which has no capacity to change hearts and minds and souls. That is the leaven of the Sadducees. It is to say we must do things in our own strength and our own power because there is no power in God. To deny spiritual power and spiritual strength is the hypocrisy, is the, is the leaven of the Sadducees. What about the Herodians? Herod. Herod was the king. Herod was not even, in fact, properly Jewish. He was a foreigner. But he, was, he had the title King of the Jews. So to make the Jews happy, he built a temple. And he appointed high priests. And he kept control of the money. And he cozied up to Rome on one side, and then up to the, to the, the Pharisees on the other side. The leaven of Herod is the mixture of political power and the church. The leaven of Herod is saying that, that oh, well, we, we don't have the power to do these things ourselves. We need to change society because it's wrong and we agree it's wrong. So what we'll do is we'll make a pressure group and we'll work with the government and we'll get the government to pass laws and we'll change the way things are done. That's Herod's thinking. And the leaven of Herod is the mixture of politics into the church. Politics in the church is no good for either side. Doesn't really help the politician and it certainly doesn't help the church. So, we have... You know, you know the, the, the best example of Herodian? You want to see? An interesting character. You know Graham Richardson? You know Graham Richardson? Ex-Labor bloke? Fascinating fellow to listen to. He really is, because he absolutely tells it exactly like it is. No, no sugarcoating or anything. So he's well worth listening to. His motto and his biography was called, Whatever It Takes. That was his motto when he was in power. Whatever it takes. And that's the Herodian motto. Whatever you have to do to get what you want. The end does justify the means. So that's, that's what Herodian thinking is. He built the temple and just to appease religious thinking while in the meantime being so utterly corrupt and, and evil at the same time. So we have three types of leaven. Hypocrisy, disbelief and worldly pragmatism. Now... Still in Luke? Okay. Turn back over again to Luke chapter 13. We mentioned this verse earlier. Luke chapter 13, verse 20. And again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? Verse 21. It is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Here we have three types of leaven 
And the mention is here, hid in three measures of meal. We're going to be doing a, a bit of symbolic working here, so sort of stick with me. We'll work it through nice and, nice and simple. In Matthew, you don't have to look there, but Matthew chapter 13, verse 38. It's the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 38, the parable of the sower. Jesus says that the, the tares are the children of the devil, the children of the world, and the wheat are the children of God. Okay? Children of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 17, Paul says, We, being many, are one body and one bread. One bread. One loaf. I.e. the church, he says. The church being one body and one loaf. What's the intermediate stage between the wheat and the loaf? The flour, the meal, which this, in, in Luke, this woman is mixing leaven into. I would put it to you that fairly logically, this wheat flour is also a symbol of the Christian people, of Christendom. We have three types of rottenness being hid in three measures of flour. Now, this is why you have to be careful with your Bibles. Because if you get some modern translations, they don't say three measures. They say a lot of. That takes away from what you know, what's being taught here. That there are three types of hypocrisy, three types of evil, and there are three measures of meal that it's being fed into, that's being mixed into. Also, please notice that the woman took and hid, hid the leaven in three measures of meal. The word there is encrypto. That's where we get the word cryptology or codes. You know when you go on on eBay, you know when you've just got to have that, ladies, you've just got to have that pair of shoes and you buy them on eBay? You know that little symbol down the bottom with the padlock? Yeah? That is a symbol saying that your message is encrypted. It is hidden. It is in code and no one can see what you are doing. This isn't a case that the woman just mixed the yeast in. She hid it. That's the whole point of the word. She put it in where nobody could see it. And it worked its way through the whole pile. She did it secretly. She did it hiddenly. And that word is important there. So now... We have three types of evil hidden in the mass of Christians. The woman. The woman here. It says, It is like leaven which a woman took. Now, if, if the term woman wasn't important, Jesus would have said, 
which a certain person took because they had male bakers. Right, if you think all the way back to the, to the story of Joseph when he was in Egypt, who was, thru- who was in jail with him? The butler and the baker, both men. So male bakers were not unusual, not, not, a, not a thing to, to say, oh, that was very strange. So, no, specifically a woman took. Keep, keep a tag or something there in Luke and turn over to the book of Revelation. Something here to have a look at. Book of Revelation, chapter 2. Book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 20. Chapter 2, verse 20. Speaking to the church at Thyatira, our Saviour says in verse 20, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. First woman mentioned in Revelation is someone in a religious system. That woman Jezebel. If you look out, keep going over to chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12. Verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head the crown of twelve stars. Now, if you, if you gain, if you get pastor's uh, sermons on Revelation, you'll know that this woman is a picture of Israel. So we've had one system bad, one system good. Over in chapter 17, Revelation 17, 3, And he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-coloured beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Another religious system, this time evil. Keep going over to chapter 21. Verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the last seven plagues and talked with me, saying, Come hither and I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. The last woman in Revelation. What we have here in Revelation are four women, two good, two evil. But all of them represent a religious system. There's the church, there's, the, there's Israel, there's false teaching in the, in the ancient world, there's, there's false teaching that will come as a one world church come, comes into being. These things are religious systems, not necessarily when a woman is pictured, is it good or bad, but it represents a religious system. Okay? And here we have a woman taking leaven and mixing it in three measures of meal. What this is in the book of Luke is Jesus is saying, beware, watch out. 
evil, rotten doctrine will be secretly hidden in Christendom by a religious system. Right. Now, anybody ever made made stuff with yeast? You You ever made stuff with yeast? Right? What do you have to do? Where do you put it after you've mixed it in? Right? You mix it in. You put it somewhere lukewarm. You know what happens if you put it in the fridge? Nothing happens. The yeast goes to sleep. You know what happens if you put it somewhere where it's too hot? The yeast dies. Right? Now, where do you want yeast to do its work best? Have a look back in that book of Revelation again. You want somewhere lukewarm. Somewhere lukewarm. And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans, Luke, uh, Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. Saith these things, the Amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither hot, neither cold nor hot. I would, I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You want yeast to work best? Lukewarm Christians ferment yeast really, really well. Lukewarm Christians allow these things of hypocrisy and worldliness and disbelief to grow inside them and inside their churches. Is it any wonder, any wonder, that Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 says... Purge out the old leaven. Purge it out. Get rid of it. Now, what was he talking about in in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5? He was talking about gross immorality in the church, in a member of the church. And he said, you've got to front this person. You've got to say, what you're doing is not right. In fact, he said... What this person is doing, it's not even named amongst the Gentiles. He said, the Greeks don't even have a word for this sort of thing. They had a word for just about everything else, but not for this. And he said, and you're tolerating it in a church. He said, no, you shouldn't. You should front this person and say, either get right or get out. Purge out the old leaven of malice and wickedness. Then he says... In verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 5, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. You know, he says exactly the same expression in Galatians chapter 5, verse 9. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I think he says that twice because that's a proverb. It was an ancient times, a, 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 a turn of the millennium proverb. That everybody understood. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Do we have a proverb like that? Yeah, we do. One bad apple can spoil the whole barrel. Yeah, we do. We have exactly the same sort of a concept. That if you let something rotten stay in a group, it'll affect everybody else and wreck it. It was a proverb 
to say that corruption spreads and corruption corrupts as a surprise. So he said to his disciples, Beware ye the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Beware the leaven of the Sadducees, which is unbelief. Beware the leaven of Herod, which is using worldly methods and power to achieve God's ends. Beware. Beware of it in your church. Watch out for it. Beware of it in your teachings. Examine what is said. I have no problem. If someone thinks I've made a mistake here, you come up and tell me. Because if you're right, I'll say, you're right, and I need to change that. I need to correct what I'm doing. I like people. You know, I, I, I like to see people looking at their Bibles and going, oh, is that what it really says? Have another look. Have another look. That's good. They will keep the leaven from spreading in your life. Beware of the leaven in your church. Beware of the leaven in your teaching. But brethren, beware of this leaven in yourselves. Creeping in. The leaven of hypocrisy. The leaven of unbelief. Oh, what a tragedy it would have been if we had looked around at so many people and said, Nah, God can't do anything with them. Nah. God can do anything with anybody. Every week, we come up and we pray for people. We're going to keep praying for those people until either God changes them or they die. Or we do. Why? Because God can do anything and we need to never allow the leaven of unbelief that it's too hard for God to get into our lives. We need to make sure that when we this church does things, it does things in the power of God and not the power of the world. We re- need to realise it is the preaching of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit that converts souls. It's not clever slogans and clever words. He spake to the disciples, first of all, to us, First of all, those who name the name of Christ and say we are his disciples. First of all, beware ye the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisies. Brethren, let's beware of the leaven in our lives, which can creep in, grow, and do untold harm to ourselves and to our church. Thank you.